Uh, Josh and Leah and your kids, if you guys would come up. Um, I was told that we prayed for you last week, but I guess we could pray for you again. But if you and the kids would come up, they're actually packing up the U-Haul truck tomorrow and I believe leaving on Tuesday. But we just want to uh, uh, pray for them. And if Sean Semperbon is watching online, Sean, I remembered the oil today because there were those that did not know if it was the most appropriate thing to anoint uh, Kieran with uh, antibacterial, um, not detergent, whatever we use, the sanitizer. And so um, I was like, oh, yeah. So Sean said, like, typically I forget my holy water. So I remembered it today. But I'm going to ask a uh, special favor uh, for you. Josh, if you would pray for us, the congregation, as we uh, are left without you guys, because you guys have added so much to us, we just thank you so much. So if you would pray for us, and then we would just pray for this family, and I would ask people to come up, but everybody would come up, and you'd have to sit down, and it'd be a big, long deal. So uh, as we pray for them, just extend a hand uh, symbolizing our um, unification and pray for you guys. But Josh, would you just pray for us as uh, we seek to be faithful here in Vermont? And this mic, please. No eggs in there, right? No eggs. All right, uh, just I guess I'll bow your heads. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this morning, this Sunday, this sun, this uh, time to just gather to worship you, honor you, and just uh, be faithful in you, Lord. I just thank you for this congregation, the family of Christ, Lord. Uh, in this in this building or, you know, Sean online or just everyone in the community, Lord, you could just um, bless bless us, bless them for everything that they uh, that that he do, that they can honor you, worship you and guide, be guided through you, Lord, that that he have the uh, passion and the thrive to just fall on your knees and and and, sacri- uh, and follow, follow you, Jesus. Uh, I thank you for the years and the time here with the relationships we've built and just uh, just to keep these relationships strong and, and, and most importantly strong in you, Lord, that we can all have a common goal and purpose in our life and, and a reason to, to live and a reason to know this is all a temporary home that we all ultimately are, are going to spend forever with you, Lord, and that we can all worship you together someday. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you'll just extend. Um, Jesus, we thank you again so much for the Mugfords and what they mean to us. We thank you for the love that they have for you and continue to grow them and especially for Laura and Andrew and Benjamin that they might not only know you but be used of you in incredible ways that they remember how you have been faithful and they share your faithfulness with others. And God, we just say that you would bless them as they pack, that it would go smoothly, that everything would fit together. And as they drive, that you would keep them safe on the roads, alert, that it'd be a great trip. We do uh, rejoice with Uh, Leah, she gets to be back with her family in Michigan. Just let it be a joyous time together. Lead them to a great church that you want to include them and involve them. And Father, we just pray a special blessing upon them in their lives. And Father, for us here, we just pray for all those represented in this congregation that we might seek your face and desire you and obey you and courageously take the next, next steps forward. So Father, we say thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, give them a big clap. Thank you. There's no cake today, so uh, that's what you're left with. But, um, yeah, we are going to miss you guys, but we thank you so much for for being a part. Um, 
as we uh, just think about the Mugfords, one thing that I've appreciated is their faithfulness in giving. And those of you that give and are part of our church, it allows us to reach out into our community. So whether you give online or mail to the chapel campus, we're just so grateful that our church is being known as a church that reaches out. I actually had a conversation with someone this week that was kind of difficult because she was uh, looking for some resources for a situation that typically we don't give towards. And if you want to know the details, I'll tell you after. But it was just nice for me to hear that she had heard that our church is one that gives and supports. And so uh, if that's our reputation, then that's a pretty good reputation that we are a place that gives and looks to help. Um, as we do think about this weekend, now I could all make all sorts of excuses. Adam, the congregation is down because it's Memorial Day. A lot of people are gone. But we are who we are, and you never get mad at those who are here because of those who are not. So never get upset with those that are here because of those that are not. So Adam, as you pursue vocational ministry or whatever God has for you, you might say, why are they here? Well, just be happy for the ones that are here. So that's what I try to do. But as we think of Memorial Day, we do remember and we honor those that have served and given so much to us, for us. And in our congregation, we know uh, very close of the sacrifice of what Memorial Day truly means and stands for. And I would suggest that we not say, God bless America, but instead we say, God, how can we be used of and by you to be a blessing to those who have lost so much? How can we not just say, God bless us, but we can say, God, as your people, how can we be a blessing specifically on this Memorial Day to those that have lost so much, to let them know that God grieves with those that grieve. God has a heart that's broken when our heart breaks. God loves us so much. So let's not say God bless America, but instead ask God how he might use us, how we could be used of him to be a blessing to those who have lost so much as we remember on this Memorial Day. Well, at this time, I'm going to invite Adam up as we just think of this verse from John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And on this Memorial Day, this is what we remember. But as Adam comes, he's going to be leading us in a sermon today and next week as well. Next week, we are going to be serving communion, which it's typically a special uh, Sunday when we have communion. So prepare yourselves for that. Also invite those that might be interested. But Adam, won't you come and lead us this morning? Good morning. Uh, my scripture passage today is Judges 16, 23 to 30. <clears throat> now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate saying, our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, and the one who laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there and on the roof were about 3000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, 
please. God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines from my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for my opportunity to preach and ask that you would preach through all my mistakes and all that I've written. Amen. A movie I grew up seeing that I didn't really like that much, honestly. Um, it was Finding Nemo. That's probably an unpopular opinion. If you've ever seen the movie, there's a fish named Dory. Dory always walks around and says, Hi, I'm Dory. She has short-term memory loss and can never remember her own name. And this makes it very difficult to travel with her. Marlon, the main character, travels with her, ends up traveling with her to find his son. And because of her short-term memory loss, they get caught up in all kinds of situations. They get caught up with sharks, jellyfish, whales, and all these situations are made increasingly difficult because of Dory's short-term memory loss. Can you hear me all right? She often does not remember where her home is or why she is where she is. We can see through Dory just how much remembering we are, who we are, forms, remembering, remembers, forms who we are and how we live, what we live by and who we are. Without our memory, we make the same mistakes over and over again and do not value what is most important in our lives. In our passage today, Samson forgot who God was in relationship to him and ended up in bondage to the Philistines and without hope. Samson in the book of Judges is part of a greater scheme of multiple judges. God commissioned to lead a repentant Israel into deliverance. The Israelites themselves needed these judges because they were caught up in a pattern of forgetfulness just like Dory. Throughout the book of Judges, as well as the rest of the Bible, you see the phrase again and again. It says, again, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Israelites had a covenant with Yahweh where they would be his people and he would be their God. He would lead them and they would follow. This kind of relationship reminds me of another Pixar movie, Up. In the movie, Mr. Fredrickson and Doug, who's a dog that speaks, when they, when they meet, Doug walks up to him and he says, you are my master, and he claims him for himself. And throughout the movie, wherever Mr. Fredrickson goes, Doug goes. And whatever Mr. Fredrickson wants him to do, Doug does, because he refuses to forget the name of Mr. Fredrickson, his one and only true master. In a very not-so-similar way, the Israelites, unlike Doug, forget who their master is time after time. They continually fall into sin throughout the Bible and worship other gods. They ran far away from the one who brought Israel out of Egypt, across the, across the Red Sea, out of the wilderness, 
It seems that only when they run away from God that they remember who the God was that actually saved them from Egypt, delivered them countless times from their enemies, and gave them strength. So when we see Samson in our passage today, we realize he is no different. He is blessed with the strength of Dwayne the Rock Johnson to begin the deliverance from the Philistines. Yet Samson breaks vow after vow that he made before God. The deal was that he would be set apart by God as a Nazarite through taking vows such as not touching dead animals, not drinking, not marrying someone else that is not part of the Israelites, and lastly, not cutting his hair. For Nazarites, these vows were taken to identify themselves with God. And Samson directly broke or had a major role in breaking all of these vows. In today's passage, Samson has had both his eyes gouged out, is doing manual labor that donkeys usually do, and is being paraded around by the Philistines and laughed at to entertain everyone at the party. Just like the Israelites forgot who the real Samson was, Samson failed to remember the God that gave him his strength in the first place. Many of you have also reached a similar place as Samson. Many of you lost jobs, friends, family members, or even lost health. These and other circumstances like them can be very, very frustrating. When all hope seems to be lost, it is easy to see through the lies, the false hopes we have told ourselves and believed. Maybe that a certain person would never leave us. Maybe that we would always be young, keep our hair, or be strong enough on our own. Samson, in his final moments, more easily sees through the lies of who he is and who God is that he has believed. With all hope that was once invested in himself, gone, he turns back and remembers his original hope. He humbles himself, remembering that his strength never came from himself and that it only came from God. In the end of our passage, Samson gets his strength back. He humbled himself and acknowledged God as the one true Lord. He acknowledges who this true source of his strength is. In his weakest moments, he is able to see most clearly and remember where his strength comes from. The funny part about this, though, is that right along with his repentance is his imperfection. He says, do this for me so I can get revenge for my two eyes. He does not say, so I can help the work of the Lord, or even so the Israelites might be free of the Philistines. He is only for selfish gain, it seems. Even though he has humbled himself in one area, all he can think about is himself in another. Revenge is just simply not a Christian value. Imagine asking God to beat someone up, to empower you to beat someone up that honked at you on the road. Reminds me of when I was a kid and I would ask God that the other team might play really badly today so that I would win. But still, it is amazing how powerful this cry is in convincing God to give him his strength back one last time. 
This is another common pattern we see through the Bible. God using imperfect humanity to accomplish his good. He uses Joseph to free, to help the Israelites during time of famine. He uses Moses, even though he's too wimpy to go do it alone, as God says. He used Jeremiah, even though he got depressed a lot. And he even used an angry crowd to accomplish the work of Jesus on the cross. In Samson's story and with the Israelites, we can see God is not looking for someone who is perfect and has their life together. He's looking for someone that is willing to humble themselves before him and call him Lord. Samson's response was not perfect by any standard, but what was important about it was that he acknowledged God as the one true God. He remembered who was really on the throne, the source of his strength, and he repented, and the Lord heard him. Just as time and time again, the Lord hears the cry of the Israelites and the repentance and responds by delivering them from their oppressors. God chooses to show his strength in an imperfect Samson in his final moments and accomplishes more than Samson ever could on his own because Samson put God back on the throne. Today we have the strength, we do not have the strength of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We have the gift of the cross. For this gift, the same virtue applies. Remember. If we believe in what Christ has done for us and who he has been, we will not forget the love of God. And we won't begin to rely on ourselves or other things that do not sustain us or ultimately fulfill our needs. When we take our eyes off of the Lord and forget his supremacy and his infinite love, we will eventually reach the lowly place of hopelessness that Samson himself encounters in this passage. We often put our hope in politics, in our own opinions, and in the people around us. We get our emotional needs met by abusing things like food, TV, or money, and more. And the more we dive into these things, the more likely we are to forget that God was the one who gave us those gifts in the first place. God understands our tendency to run and forget him, and that is why he sent his son, so that the Holy Spirit might live inside of us, so that we can understand just what kind of God we serve, and that we might remember what kind of God we serve. A God who loves us so much that he would send his one and only son to die for us on a cross, so that we might never forget his love for us and power over our lives so that we could be part of a people that would find their strength in remembering the testimony of the cross which forgave our sins and empowers us each and every day to be real and tangible love to the wellspring of life that comes from being christ's son or daughter he is not expecting a perfect person He wants someone that will take this testimony seriously 
and live their life by it and find strength in it. Placing our hope in Christ so that it might be his work in us and not our work in the world. Worshiping him, taking Sabbath and communing with each other, all for the sake of keeping out the forefront of our minds that Jesus is the one true Lord of all. We come to church and take part in the body of Christ so that we might always remember who God is and who we are. So that when we reach our lowest points, we might find strength and the hope that never fails. One way we remember God as Lord of our lives is gratitude. Samson had many opportunities to be grateful for the acts that God allowed him to do, but he bypassed them. And the more and more he was ungrateful, the more he forgot that God was the one that gave him his strength. Today, we can be grateful for the gifts we have, our families, our friends, our possessions. And we can be mindful that these are gifts from God and we can treat them according to the value that they have. Another way we remember God's power in our lives is through Sabbath taking and our personal devotions. We intentionally stop our lives so that God can take his place as the rhythm setter for our lives so that we don't get caught up in this cycle that always causes us to forget what's important. We worship God, glorifying him, reminding of ourselves who he is so that we never forget who is at the center and who needs to be at the center of our lives. So that it will not take a moment of crisis to force us to remember who is the ultimate hope that never fails. When we go through times of doubting, times of struggle, when we remember our hope stands tall because we know that God has been faithful. God has provided, God has forgiven, God has healed and blessed us with these testimonies in our lives to stand in and remember. Lastly, we need to be a part of the body of Christ. We need to share our testimony of who God has been in our lives and why he's worthy of being our God. We need to constantly engage with each other and those around us in their experiences, in their hardships, in their joys, as we display Christ to one another and love as we have been loved. We are a part of a church so that we might be encouraged, uplifted, and never forget that Jesus loved you, loves you, and will always love you. We are empowered to ask tough questions through hard times, handle anything that comes our way when we stand in the hope that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. It was not so much in the end that Samson had one big fluke mistake he forgot. It was over time that he forgot where his strength comes from, came from. Life wears down on all of us eventually. And it makes it significantly harder to make the right decisions. Little decisions 
turn into big decisions. And sooner or later, whatever you have put your hope in will show its fruits. For Samson, it left him surrounded by enemies with both of his eyes gouged out and without hope. For, maybe, for you, maybe you are just alone. Maybe you don't feel you are lovable. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough to have a friendship or good enough to have a real relationship or you've just lost your strength. I remember growing up, my mom would always know when I was upset and she'd come, she'd come in my room and find me. And after every hard conversation, she'd look at me, stare at me so intensely and say, I love you. And she'd hold it for five seconds and make me really uncomfortable. And, but I always knew that the reason she held it, she was saying, don't forget. Don't forget that I love you. I believe that is God's message for his people today. Do not forget that I love you, always have, and always will. When we really remember this, and how it was shown to us on the cross. Even when the darkest storms come, we can stand strong because we remember and trust in the hope that God loves us. God is in control and he will always be. Don't forget. Thank you. We're going to listen to a song. I really like it because it's, it's about, about this. It's called Praise Before My Breakthrough. And it's about praising God in the unknown. And we're able to do that because we remember what God has done for us in the past and how he's been God in our lives. And even in the uncertainties and the questions, we can praise him and know that he will always come through and he will always be faithful.